Hello and welcome to Staying the Course. Our guest for today is Khalil Noh, co-founder and CEO of Mesolitica, an artificial intelligence firm based in Kuala Lumpur. So I went to school with uh, Khalil back in 2001 uh, and right after high school, after SPM, when the most of us were busy applying to university, um, Khalil went the unconventional route of pursuing a certification with Microsoft. Now, this was 20 years ago uh, when certification was not yet popular uh, among high school leavers. So over the years, after attaining his uh, certification while working his way up the uh, corporate ladder, uh, Khalil also pursued a degree uh, with Open University Malaysia. Uh, five years ago, he decided to embark on a journey as a tech entrepreneur. So our conversation today is around his relentlessness pursuit of knowledge as a lifelong learner. So Khalil, how are you, bro? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, uh, Alhamdulillah. Thank you for, for inviting me to your podcast. All right, man. Thanks for making time. The format is very simple. We have three questions. I'll ask you the questions and you tell us your story. All right? We can start? Definitely. definitely. Yeah, cool. go ahead. Cool. The first question is very short, Khalil. The reason I'm calling you in is because you are a lifelong learner who has been doing it both the formal and informal ways. But before we begin, just tell us a bit about yourself. Um, we're really keen to know a bit about your background just to uh, set it running for us. Khalil? Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, Khalil here. I think I, I call myself uh, a coder, uh, entrepreneur, and uh, inspirer. So those are the three uh, basic uh, uh, traits that I have. That I, I, I share with people, right? So coder, when I say coder, I'm I'm like a technologist. I spent the, the good 25 years in technology since I left high school at MRSM. Uh, previously, I went there to become a doctor, but I fell in love with uh, programming uh, at MRSM, and uh, uh, I continued the passion of uh, picking up uh, new technologies along the way uh, throughout my journey uh, in working as well right, straight up to uh, my entrepreneurship life right now. Um, I've been in the, in the corporate world for I think for almost 20 years and that means starting uh, post-SPM 2001 uh, after my certification with Microsoft. Then I left uh, for the corporate world in 20, 2010. So uh, then I continued, I uh, spent time uh, learning about uh, internet technologies, web technologies, and then straight up to uh, 2016, I developed my first uh, platform for, for my first startup. Uh. So, and fast forward to 2019, uh, my third startup is all about uh, artificial intelligence for Bahasa Melayu. So in the long and short, that's, that's me lah. Uh. All right. Thanks, Khalil. I did not know that you wanted to become a doctor at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I think that's the, the, the motivation when you apply for MRSM, right? The, the Mara Junior Science College, yeah. And, and I, I guess most of uh, our peers either become a doctor or engineer uh, in those regards. So whenever uh, we, we so-called uh, stray from the, the path, <laughs> you are seen unconventional. Uh, hence, hence the title. So, but 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 I, I had to to be credit because the, the love for programming too was uh, nurtured during our two years uh, years there, right? So I think without that exposure, without that environment, I don't think I'll be this this person that you are uh, talking today, lah. So credit to that, lah, because uh, being in a, being in a high high achieve high achiever environment like MRSM, I think it pushes you to do to do wonders lah, in the environment. And of course, but maybe, maybe part of me, I, I was homesick. Maybe I'm homesick also <laughs> at that time. <laughs> was there a particular moment or turning point during those two years that made you decide that programming is for me? Yeah. 
uh, I guess the 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 not to say the turning point, but the the expo the the privilege that I had, uh, because there was this club called Lot Digital, right? So it's a yeah. computer club, MRSM, and it it wasn't easy to 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 to, to get in because you, you only select a few. It's very limited membership. Yeah. So I was a few lucky ones, and and then I had the privilege to have access to the computer lab uh, during during the uh, weekdays. Uh, so that gave me a lot of time uh, to be exposed to to the wonders of uh, technology. Of course, prior to uh, MRSM, my my father especially has been exposing me to computers. We had a personal computer at home. I always went to uh, UPM at, at his office to uh, to to use his internet back then. So exposure to technology has been very early on for me uh, during my like uh, primary primary days. But the love for programming, especially, uh, was at MRSM because uh, I think I went uh, to a few competitions to not scientists and all that. Uh, to 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 be in competitions that uh, that hone my programming skills uh, for that. So so after after that uh, exposure, the question of okay, what do I want to be uh, for the rest of my life, right? So I was supposed to be okay. Uh, but uh, since I uh, used uh, since I gotten uh, a scholarship for uh, engineering to the States, uh, it, 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 it resolved, hardened my resolve that, okay, if I want to become uh, some, if I want to do something in technology, I mean, I shouldn't take this scholarship, right? Of wow. course, it was a, a very uh, good opportunity. And yeah. I, I cannot that it was a privilege to get a, a Mara scholarship to go to the States. I, unfortunately, it wasn't uh, my choice. Okay, uh, for for most, maybe they will say, okay, let's just do go to the states, do engineering for a year, and then switch yeah. courses. That could be a a, a, a route. Okay. However, uh, during my break, uh, I I sat down with my uncle. He asked me the question that, so what do you want to do? So, I told him about my my interest of finding a job in technology and becoming a programmer. So he said, wow. he said a statement that said, if you go to get a degree in computer science, when you when you uh, graduate, you might it might be hard to get a job without specific skill sets because what you get from computer science degrees is foundational. It was it wasn't enough to be uh, uh, is it, not it's not covered whatever that you require in the industry at that time. I guess it's the same applies to right now as well. That means university will only give you the foundational knowledge that will help you uh, for your job seeking, but you need require extra uh, skill sets in order to be good at your job. That led me to uh, the, the, the Microsoft uh, certifications. Right. Because that's where right. you get the skill sets for industry. The, the professional certifications give you, equip you with the right tool set and knowledge to be uh, proficient in the industry at that particular time. Mm, yeah. So you you are leading nicely to the second question because you oh, okay. so so clear at that point uh, at, se- at the age of 17 or 18, right? On what you want yeah. to do. That is a level of clarity not many of us have. I know I didn't have. I know I love computers, but it was mainly for WinM <laughs> and playing playing the VCD right back then. Now, now that brings us to the to the second question. So, so you receive a scholarship to go study in the US to study engineering in the US. You decided to forego that opportunity, um, and you were firm on attaining the certification with with Microsoft. You mentioned about the conversation that you had with your uncle. Now, this was um, the point where it really began uh, with the unconventional route, right? So yeah. talk us through your lifelong learning journey on what you did in attaining the certification as well as later on your pursuit of getting a degree as well uh, in parallel. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So... 
post uh, discussion with my uncle and uh, finding out that there is this uh, path of uh, professional certification uh, and uh, specifically for, for Microsoft technologies, uh, I had to had I had to convince not to say convince lah. My my parents asked me when why okay we have this we have this offer. Uh, what do you want to do? Right. So I told my parents, my dad, that okay, that uh, I'm not interested into do engineering. Point blank, I'm not going to do engineering. Uh, I want to do programming. Right. And I found this course uh, online uh, 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 that has uh, a, a, a one not say one year but almost a complete one year of training program. Uh, for the industry, and at the end of the the program, you are uh you are supposed to take an exam, and you are certified as a Microsoft certified professional. However, uh, the cost to 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 take this entire course for one year, almost one year, put uh it's up to forty thousand ringgit. Yeah. So that is a huge commitment, lah. And then and uh to instead of uh. Uh, going up or, or taking the scholarship, uh, I mean, my dad more more or less we agreed that okay, let's register for this course, uh, and and so happened that that time there was a promotion by Microsoft Malaysia. They they wanted to, uh, uh increase the professional certification numbers in Malaysia, so they had this program. So essentially, it was a discount program. It means instead of forty thousand full, you pay half. But you have to complete it within uh, less than 10, 12 months, and then you get a further rebate. So there was a motivation for me to complete all the training, complete all the exams, and be certified in record time, basically. So <laughs> Alhamdulillah, going through going through the classes uh, on 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 week uh, on weeknights and weekends uh, with older. Uh, students because they were part uh, they were part time students because they were full time uh, employees yeah for 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 this so so I had I had the opportunity to mingle with uh the the uh, working crowd lah, to understand okay how does the industry work so there is a lot of exchange apart from learning the technical skills I had this opportunity to understand how 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 is it to work in uh, an IT industry in Malaysia so that's the the exposure so. Once I got my certification, uh, Alhamdulillah, I got I managed to 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 get actually two professional certifications. One is for Microsoft Certified Solution Developer, essentially you are a a, a a software developer. That's one. And number two is Microsoft Certified Database Administrator. That means you manage databases. Okay, so I would say the pivotal certification for me was the database admin mm. because that certification was really new. Worldwide, even for Microsoft, so I was like the the first batch that earned this certification, mm. and among the few in Malaysia at that time, right? So because of of this, I was able to land my first job uh, as a consultant for 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 a local consulting firm to do uh, SAP consulting for Tenaga National. So that one was I mean, at that time I was like, ah, oh, yeah, cool, but. Looking back, oh, that was a really a, a, a big opportunity, a huge experience for me. Uh, that exposure with JMB, with Accenture, with uh, with SAP, so it, it really transformed my outlook in professional, uh, technology, uh, consulting, which I which I'm benefiting today actually, right? right. So while I was doing this uh, SAP consulting for Tenaga National, this was two thousand four, two thousand five at that mm. time. So I was already doing my I think second year degree uh, part time with Open University. Okay, so with Open University, uh, the idea is okay. I'm okay. I'm interested to know when so this was two thousand four. The most most of us were in second third year of of college, so you had a head start there in a way. I'm interested to know at which point did you feel that a degree was still necessary. Because you've already landed a job, you've landed yeah. the certification required for the job. You were serving a big client at the time. What made you still want to pursue a degree, uh, part time? Okay, I'll be honest. I'll be super honest. The degree at that time, the thinking was, okay, I'm gonna do this just to make my mother happy. Mm. <laughs> 
and that's important and, and the fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's important yeah. just because my, my, my mother makes sense uh, that yeah we, while you have this certification and and uh, you already have a job but we, we let's be realistic in Malaysia that paper qualification is still important in Malaysia for for any especially for government job or, or any uh, any position uh, in uh, any organization on on hindsight that is very true and but at that time I said I was like, nah, I'm enjoying my life. I have my salary. I, That's I, what I, I thought. <laughs> Why do I need education? Yeah. But on the side, that that wisdom from my mother, it's I I mean, if without that, I, I don't I don't I'd be in a, a different person altogether. Also, actually, okay. So so that motivation is like, okay, I'm just gonna take this degree, uh, just to make my mother happy. Okay, I was able to pay uh my fees uh, by myself uh, in the beginning because of the salary, um. Okay, but what a good thing when I was applying the the cost that I want to take. Okay, okay lah. Since I'm gonna do this uh degree four or five years, maybe I'll I try to learn something new, right? So instead of just taking a computer science or IT degree, I decided okay, let's do an IT plus management degree. That means like a, a double major. So you have the the big the first portion is of course all IT stuff, and then you have the the new stuff for me was management. So mm. that also, uh, on hindsight, was a good. Uh, I mean, I I benefited from that decision lah. Uh, to be honest, yeah, the exposure to you know, accounts, management, HR, law, it, it really helps uh, in my professional life. Uh, uh after that, uh, to be honest. Right. So great. It it was the wisdom of your of your of your mother that triggered um the intent to 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 still pursue the degree. Now I'm interested to know while you are pursuing the degree at Opu University, you were still also you were also working, and then you got married as well uh, about that time. How did you balance between all of this, uh, and how long did it take for you to pursue that uh, degree until completion? Okay. Um... For the first, for the first portion of the degree, well, I mean, most of the IT courses, it wasn't that hard, lah, to be honest, because I already, uh, it's it's textbook, lah. It's it's purely textbook. So it, I went through the study with with uh with with ease. Yeah, even helped my classmates with their projects. <laughs> help them understand programming. Do yeah. uh do extra classes for them. So it was. While I was uh, getting the paper done, uh, I was also helping my friends out. There, there was a good, uh, a, a good uh, social skill, I would say. Uh, then I got married. Then when I started to do the management classes, that was the hardest part because everything was new, especially accounts. I had to repeat a few papers in accounts. So, uh, because all because of all the, I mean, maybe because of me again uh, that. That I was really on the technical technical side, getting to understand the the business, uh, the HR, the law. It took me some time lah to to really grasp the idea of all this. You know, it's because it's foundational. So because of all this, I uh, and I ended up finishing the degree in ten years. Wow. <laughs> so so to say that I'm balanced, I don't think I balanced the life lah because I really I was able to stretch my degree to ten years. Okay? Mm. So I have I have all the time lah to to really. Uh, learn what I needed to learn. Uh, uh, slow and steady, and 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 uh, uh, and is for me. Even though I was married, it's just the two of us. We don't we didn't have kids until it. So that's also uh maybe that helps lah. Can the 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 non commitment for children help to to balance between just the the work, the wife, and the study. Can and then, <laughs> and and the ten in the and the ten years span. Yeah, so. I really took my time lah. Can I? I didn't force myself to to be uh multitask, tasky uh, in that sense. Right, right. I'm, you know, very impressed with the grit and resilience that you have because ten years is a long time to be maintaining yeah. in a program. Um, did it help though in your process of as a founder of uh, the companies that you founded? Or before, when you were in the 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 corporate world, did it help um, acquiring knowledge in parallel 
with working and uh, being an entrepreneur? Okay. I would say, okay, coming back to the 10 years, I mean, the, I think the, 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 uh, it comes back to the reason why I started in the first place, why, why I took 10 years to finish. I mean, I could easily say, ah, I don't want to continue. I just, I didn't, uh, uh, put to, uh, uh, did not finish the degree. I can, I can easily do that because at that time, uh, I was doing okay, pretty well. But because of the fact that, okay, I need to make my mother happy. The fact I hadn't graduated, my mother is still not happy. So I, I really pushed through the, the last two years to really graduate in time. To, to, to make sure my mother is happy, my, my mother is happy. So, so once she is happy, and coming back to your question of whether or not it uh, helped my, my career, I would say uh, not so much on the, on the corporate side, but really helped on my entrepreneur journey. Mm. Because having both the, the IT and the management uh, subjects down, understand the accounting, the management, the HR, uh, uh, it really give me the, the big picture uh, in order to become a, a, a CEO of a, a, a startup. In, instead of just focusing purely on tech, I was able to have that big picture overview that, okay, while we had this technology, so how do I, how do I grow this business, right? So whatever I learned from my startup courses, I always try to relate back to what I studied. So because I already had the foundational, right, for the management yeah. stuff. So whenever... Uh, new bits and pieces of information comes from the startup world, I was able easily to grasp the concept. It really helped a lot, uh, to be honest. If I didn't have the exposure uh, for my degree, uh, appreciating the knowledge that uh, uh, Silicon Valley founders uh, shared on YouTube or on podcasts or courses that I attended in Magic Cyberjaya, maybe it, it didn't really... Uh, 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 deep, deep into my understanding but because of that exposure that foundational uh, it accelerated the understanding for, for my startup journey uh, uh, up until now actually yeah. right so you mentioned Silicon Valley earlier the trend today the emerging trend is you know students as early as high school leavers uh, are pursuing certificates instead of degrees uh, some 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 of them drop out of universities uh, because they have acquired the skills um, just from from self learning. What's your view on this? Um, there are some perspectives that saying that are saying uh, degrees are not relevant anymore. Um, you have both certification, uh, self learning skills, as well as a degree over time. But what's your view on the perspective? Uh, that is saying degree is not relevant anymore. Uh, there's, for me, I, I, I give two views. Uh. One is the optimistic view and one is the pessimistic view. Uh. Mm. Um, what we see popularized in uh, especially social media, the success of founders in uh, Silicon Valley startups or, uh, or even the big uh, startups in, in uh, APEC, those are what you call the unicorn startup, there are not many, right? Mm. With one unicorn startup, there could be a thousand dead startups, a yeah. thousand co-founders, dreams down the drain, uh, hours and hours spent on their ideas to nothing, right? So, 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 of course, the optimistic view that if you have the great perseverance, one day, one day you can have uh, a successful startup. But, uh, Coming back to okay, what you see uh, on social media too, uh, what I call is the, the startup fairy tale, right? Yes, it's there. You can pursue it, but you a lot of sacrifices that you have to have. But while you pursue, how do you sustain your life while you're pursuing your idea? And so you have to have a, a plan to, to, to get to be at that stage, that, that startup fairy land, that unicorn status. Uh, your, your your startup idea uh, getting funded or getting that million uh, million dollar sales uh, whatever metrics that you want to uh, to to measure your startup success okay but while you're heading there it's not about the 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 the, the sprint that you want to 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 pursue in mm. your journey but how 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 long is the marathon that you're gonna run and I'm gonna just you're running analogy here, again. Okay? You cannot you cannot do a sprint without any 
concrete uh, financial plan, right? Mm. So, so having a professional certificate, having a degree, holding a, a, a job allows you to pursue your dreams. In this case, maybe a, a startup dream, a startup uh, for, for yourself, right? While working full time. But in order to have a, a, a stable job that pays good and have give you more time to work on your idea, the degree and the certification, either one, could be potentially a route, right? Without having both, man, if you if you have if you are a self learner or uh, if you what I call an autodidact, uh, mm. where you 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 pursue knowledge just of, just for the sake of getting the skill set to do what you want. I mean, as a co-founder, you have to have that skill. Uh, you have to be an autodidact that you okay, whenever the challenge arises, you need to go and find the knowledge, learn and apply straight away. So that's my definition of autodidact. Lah. That means you, you become a generalist. You, you have to be a generalist. Today, I have to understand technology. Tomorrow, I, I, I did marketing. Uh, previously, uh, I did uh, legal stuff because I had to, I had to, I had to uh, sign a contract. So <laughs> as a co-founder, you have to do all this. Uh, you have, you, you, there's no choice, right? But uh, coming back to your question about the professional certification, today, 20 years on, uh, and the future of work, I, I call it, plus the pandemic situation, mm. a lot has been accelerated as far as uh, online learning is concerned. Mm. People are more open to the idea to, to uh, learn as you go, learn at your own pace, uh, micro degrees, mm. uh, apart from the professional certificates, you now we have micro degrees, right? specific skill sets, but uh, provided a proper curriculum by the schools, right? like MIT, Stanford, uh, Harvard. So they have this, uh, especially at MIT, they have these uh, micro degrees uh, uh, offered online. So there is a lot of options. Of course, they are expensive to obtain the certification, but uh, platforms like Coursera, you can learn for free and you only pay for paper, right? Mm -hmm. so, so my idea of this is that okay, if you cannot afford it, no, just go and learn from all the free resources, either on YouTube or on Coursera, get the skills, land a job, do consulting, do freelance, then you, 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 you uh, save up to to purchase the qualification or credentials if if need be right if you're going for a corporate job uh, certifications help to 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 be to put you on top of the pack lah. and if you only mm. have the degree you have uh, uh, the experience having that credential to shortcuts the process instead of uh, just of course you having real Real life portfolio, uh, real life experience in projects, yeah. portfolios, it will really help. But having that credential too, uh, will put you ahead of the pack. Uh, I would right. say. Right, right, right. Now I'm gonna shift this conversation from formal learning to informal learning. You know, we spoke about your schooling years, we spoke about the certification and then your degree. I'm interested in this autodidact thing that you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. Uh, what 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 kind of um, routine that you are in today? Because I'm seeing you finishing a book a day, running ten kilometers a day, doing both at the same time. I don't even know what the big idea is, but I'm so intrigued by the level of grit and resilience that you've shown in trying to attain um, the goal that you have. Um, can you walk us through on the big idea or the big goal that you're trying to achieve? true informal learning that you're doing uh, on your own? Okay. When I first heard about this word autodidact, I mean, it was, uh, I think it was two, two years ago that I, mm. uh, I learned this from a, from a, from a fellow co-founder, but he was uh, a few years ahead of me. So he said about this idea about being an autodidact as a CEO and a co-founder, right? So when I uh, Google and uh, Google the definition of the autodidact. Hey, this is what I've been doing. Now I have a word for it. So, so it's it's really about uh, uh, uh for doing whatever it takes. Can as a co-founder. Yeah. I mean, okay, if, like like my, my current startup, right? When when I was offered to become the CEO of this AI company, I had zero knowledge on on AI. 
but I jumped on the opportunity that, oh, okay, something new to learn, AI. So I immersed myself for one year to learn everything that I need to learn about AI so that I can sell. Not to say I can build AI because building AI is my, my CTO's job, right? But I'm the one selling the AI. So I need to understand uh, AI enough to sell to other people. So that's, what, that's, what, that's the motivation for me, deep dive into artificial intelligence for one year. Okay? So that fast-tracked my learning for, for artificial intelligence. So uh, the, the, the autodidact it's a, is a very important skill because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's a single word, right? You say autodidact, people that, especially aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, it's an easy word to share for, for, for other people. Like, like I said, I was an, I'm an inspirer for aspiring entrepreneurs. So having this word helps to unpack what it takes to become a co-founder. Yeah. If they are not ready to do this crazy, it's easy though. You, you, you want to sell something, but you don't know about it. You have to learn about it. And then you sell, convince people to give their money, right? <laughs> so it's a, it's a very uh, challenging pursuit. Uh, while even challenging while having a family, uh, while paying the bills, it's it's a it's it's a crazy it's a crazy lifestyle, And on top of that, yeah, you mentioned that now why I am reading one book a day, why I'm running ten kilometers a day, yeah. why, right? So why? <laughs> so to this question of why, uh, started when when the pandemic hits, when we we are stuck at home, when I can I can't go back, I can't go to the office uh, and, and do my stuff. I'll say, okay, I'm stuck at home, I'm with my family. So how do I how do I maintain this serial entrepreneur lifestyle? How do I continue to become an entrepreneur if I'm stuck in 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 in, in I'm stuck at home for the foreseeable foreseeable future, right? So I was at that time I was only uh surfing the net and I came across my new suite. I came across the the uh, the teachings from uh, Robin Sharma, so he's a, a famous uh, author and a, a coach. I would say a performance coach. Uh, his book that, that really moved me was the Five AM Club, as well the monk who sold his Ferrari. So that really changed my perspective, and I think I found an answer to my question of okay, how do I continue to become a serial entrepreneur? So so. Be, to continue for me my answer was that in order for me to continue to to pursue this this love for invention this love for innovation this love of building new things i needed to have all my facets of life in balance not just the technical skills emotional health especially again so those are things that have been neglected for for the past i think yeah Five years uh, since I became uh, entrepreneur, right? right? I was really focused on the business, the technology that I forgot about uh, my, my health, my mental health, my life, my, my body, my physical. So I had to balance that. So going through uh, really, like, not to say, man, I can say like, midlife crisis like, <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to reassess the priorities. Man, I already know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I want to continue to build stuff. Right? I want to pursue uh, uh financial technologies uh, like artificial intelligence virtual, rea virtual reality blockchain so all this requires of course it requires money but apart more importantly is your health because if you have money but if you're always sick you cannot you cannot put, put in the hours then what's the point Can if, if I cannot balance this with uh, 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 other things in my life which I'm like family commitments uh, then it's hard lah, to pursue these goals right so so when productivity tip will say that you have to focus, but I, I tend to disagree that you, you need to, in a way, you still need to, to have this so-called multitasking, but in, in a more predictable, predictable way and manageable way. Okay? In, 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 because everybody has 24 hours. Okay? Of course, eight hours is already for sleeping. So you have uh, balanced uh, 16 hours. So how do you maximize your 16 hours that everybody has the same? Okay? So this is the question that I have been uh, uh, slowly toiling for the past, I would say, 1, 18, 20, uh, 20 months since March 2020. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I'm getting there uh, with, with, the, with, the, uh, with, the books that are, with the books that I consume on the daily. I'm getting bits and pieces and, and insights, intuition. It helps 
to to challenge right and 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 most recently yes last night's run when i i i, I uh, heard a podcast saying that passion and addiction is very thin line it's a blurry line between addicting like okay why my wife is always asking me why are you running every day so of course trying to explain all this to her it's it's challenging right? because yeah. you know it's eating too much of my time but i have to think the long term right i i'm, I'm challenging myself mentally physically that okay i can do this straight now i'm at 30 33 days 34 days straight right while still thinking about the business while spending time with with the family it's not hard but i just once i i, I pass the threshold uh, i i reach my goal then i i move on to the next challenge right i just need to get that okay i've done this yeah so that that motivation not said that that achievement that satisfaction is what you want the, the, to celebrate the small wins whenever you can to continue this lifelong learning right so it's just like uh based on the conversation i felt yesterday on in the podcast saying that in order to 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 get the reward we have to do something challenging right so every time you do a challenge the harder the challenge the, the bigger the reward yeah. just like a startup the the more time you put in your startup to build a product when you hit that first sale when you hit the first million when you hit when you get your first investor when you get your first glc client mm. the the feeling is is out of this world right so that and then you you strive for more and being human you will strive you want more success bigger success right so so because of that need of, of bigger uh success and if it's aligned with why the learning becomes automatic you will you will you will spend the time to be this autodidact that, that I mentioned, right? You will hunt down the, the knowledge. You will spend the money to, to go for the course. You will spend, uh, you will block your time to, uh, to meet somebody, to, to spend hours talking about your idea uh, or learning a new skill from this person, be a mentee uh, for, for a mentor. Uh, so, so talking about mentor, uh, one of the, the, the uh, I think one of the important things uh, that, that an autodidact doesn't have is that you have to have a mentor. Autodidact itself learning, right? You learn what you want, but having a mentor that have gone through it will help you shorten the 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 uh, learning time. That is very that is also very important. That I, that I only uh, recently learned for the past I think three four years, uh, three four months since I right. had this executive coach. Right. Yeah. So that's that's also my, my my other question. You have undertaken the executive co coaching journey, mm -hmm. meaning you've been coached by someone. Uh, and I'm guessing yes. maybe at the, at the moment you are also coaching your team and so forth. Can you share with us this experience of being coached and coaching others or being mentored and, mm -hmm. and mentoring others? Um, what's your philosophy and belief um, in, in mentoring and coaching and uh, how has it benefited you? Okay, um, the philosophy is everybody on the, the journey, on, the, on the, the path of learning, they are on, on some point in time, right? They are, okay, when you start, you're, you're at A. When you've uh, gone through some experience, you, you move to D or E or F based on the, on, on the experience that you learn. If you have a lot of experience, you, your path, uh, you move faster on your path of journey. And of course, on this journey, there are people behind you and there are people uh, in front of you, right? right? So whenever you want to be uh, coached by someone, you always have to seek somebody that's always uh, in front of you. Either a few steps or of a way further up the, the line uh, if you need me. That means somebody with vast experience if, if you want that leap of uh, knowledge. Uh, where it's also helped to look behind. That means okay, who is following you? that you want to coach, right? This could be your teammate, this could be inspiring founders, this could be your social media followers. So, so, so you have to have that mindset that, okay, I, I am on this continuous journey of learning and the best uh, learning tool by far is still experiential learning. That means you, you learn while you're doing the on-the-job yeah. on, on training, sense, because that, those type of learnings that will, will stick with you especially failures can you do it you fail mm -hmm. that fail that fail there 
lesson that you learn from that failure too sticks for you forever, right? So yeah. uh, value in experiential learning is it's un, un, unvaluable. Yeah? If, if, there's, if, if there's an opportunity uh, to learn from somebody, uh, from somebody's mistakes, go ahead. But it's better to learn from your own mistakes, uh, I would say. So when it comes to mentor and, and, and mentoring, it's the same approach. That means for mentor, you're learning from their mistakes, their insights, their experience. And then you pass down your own mistakes, your own insights to your mentees behind. So, so that's the philosophy. Simple as that. Right, right. Thanks, Khalil. So, you know, I, this, this, the dimensions of this conversation varies quite widely across many topics. Yeah? Um, yeah. And which brings me to the uh, last question that, that, that I have is... Uh, your future plan. You are now uh, leading Mesolitica, which is trying to bring AI into the Bahasa Melayu demography. I think that yeah. that that's, it will open up uh, a market there and it would, would definitely um, help in terms of accessibility as well. Um, so as a CEO, as a founder, um, and and generally as as a, as, a, as a lifelong learner, Khalil, tell us what's next for you uh, in the medium to to long term. Okay, uh, thank you for this question. I had a, a, a I had some time to think about this, uh, and the fact that uh, uh, for Mesotica, we are actually at this early stage of stability, right? meaning that we have now some cash flow. Okay? So this cash flow is contributed uh, when we got this long-term contract from a GLC that allows me to, okay, now we have this almost two years of cash flow that we can sit down, not, not, not be too angst about uh, our journey and focus on, okay, what can we spend time to develop for our next Pace, or I would call our new narrative, right? What's beyond uh, what we're offering right now? Because what we're offering right now is that we train uh, narrow AI to understand Bahasa Melayu. So that is our core expertise uh, as Mesotica. That means uh, whatever that English can be, whatever AI can do for English, we are doing it for Bahasa Melayu. It's a simple uh, problem statement, right? And uh, and because of these two years of stability, I'm embarking on a new paradigm of what we call uh, uh, intelligent automation. I mean, you already have artificial intelligence. Now we're moving into intelligent automation. So basically, this is uh, just a, a term to say the convergence of AI plus robotics. Okay? Two, two different technologies, two different exponential technologies converging together, but focusing on enterprise, corporate, I mean, big, big customers. So we have this opportunity to, to build something new uh, with what we have because, because Bahasa Melayu, having the capabilities for Bahasa Melayu AI really puts us in a unique position as, a, as a one of our uh, USPs, uh, unique selling propositions that uh, we can offer to not only Malaysian companies, but uh, outside companies coming into Malaysia. So, so we have that. Uh, uh, technology with us that makes us yeah uh, of course we have this hope that okay our technology might make technology more inclusive for for Malaysian especially that means whatever new technology that comes into Malaysia we can use our AI Basunayu to help create this voice interface for people to enjoy the benefits of, of AI uh, uh, building edge AI actually so right. Right. Uh, so that that's the, this intelligent automation is something new. Uh, I just mm. finished the book titled Intelligent Automation. So uh, I I also just recently shared it to our investor to mm. get his uh, feedback. I think he he is also getting the book try to understand what I'm trying to say because uh, looking back onto the statistics or to to the news, uh, the path that we are taking, uh, what we want to be, uh. Uh, my motivation is this, is this one startup called uh, UiPath and as of 2020 they are the number one valued AI in the world this UiPath and their role their job their platform they're combining AI and robotics 
for enterprise, right? So if they are already there, I and this book is a blueprint, we just have to follow this blueprint. However, in order for me to follow this blueprint, I have to fast track my learning <laughs> again. Okay, I just finished learning AI, now I have to learn something new to converge these two and come up with something new for the business. So, so that that is going to occupy me easily for the next two, three years now. Mm, okay, okay. Great, Khalil. Um, before we go to the actual final question, you know, I put, um, I put, I put down some, some notes here just to wrap up our conversation for today. Uh, and I think um, the first point is about having clarity Khalil, you had clarity at very early, at a very early age, uh, even before you entered your 20s. And that clarity has sustained to where you are today in being in the tech uh, space. Yeah. Number two, I'm picking up on the story of your experience uh, in attaining a degree while still working. And I think um, that is owing to the wisdom and belief that your mother had uh, that, was, uh, that you wanted to... Um, uh, meet as well, right? And number three, I I gather from your pursuit in becoming an autodidact, uh, balance is key. Uh, balance in trying to succeed in business, in in being having um, health, um, and also having both physical and emotional health, right? In in being a, a family man as well, like yourself. So that is my. Uh, roundup of our conversation for the past 40 minutes. But before we go, Khalil, what is your advice for aspiring individuals out there who are just starting up into the entrepreneur space or starting up into the tech space or graduating students who are trying to find their way across the job market? Uh, what's your advice for them? Okay. Uh... Thank you for the 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 key takeaways. I Man, you, you you captured the essence nicely. Uh, clarity. Uh, yeah, I think I, when you say clarity, I just you you can see it that way clarity. Uh, but I think for me, that that ha- having that clarity was enabled by the fact that I had the family support. I mean, mm-hmm. that I think that was key. The 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 understanding from my parents. Uh, that honest conversation with my uncle that led mm. me to all this, uh, and if I if I uh, really look back on all the key moments in my life, everything happened can be traced back. I mean, everything that that I am now can be traced back. All this, this all this point, right? So mm. whenever uh, people ask me what um, what does it take, uh, when what what advice I can give. I mean, typical cliche answer would be curious. I mean, curious is never a wrong answer. I mean, you have right. to be curious. Uh, explore uh, as many possibilities uh, that you can before you get married, before you have big <laughs> commitments. Can you, you, you have, uh, if you're young, 18, 20, you have this opportunity to fail. I mean, there's something, okay, of course, failing is something that's very negative, but uh, I can't stress this enough, lah. You know, like I, I mentioned about the experiential, experiential learning, can so you have if you're able to to experience a lot of things in a very short amount of time, go for it. I see, I see a lot of this uh, with the entrepreneurship programs at university in the universities, where while they're doing the degree, they're pushing the students to become entrepreneurs. Right, this will allow them to be exposed to all these opportunities of failures. Right, you have the idea, you go down the startup route. You, you find your teammates, you try to work it for a few months, and then you fail. Great. That, if you're able to do that as early as possible, that is something that you're going to carry for your rest of your life, right? Mm. So once you have, you've done it once, you fail, like you, you go, uh, I think a good example that if you found, uh, uh, you're able to apply to, to attend any of the startup weekends in Malaysia, I would re- really advise you to do so. If there is a university, or I guess there's a, a, a university challenge in Magic right now, you can apply for, for that. Then you need to turn, uh, have an idea and apply uh, that program to Cap Magic, get that experience and see where it leads. If, it's, if it leads to a startup, great. If it doesn't, that you have to, you are forced to, to find a job, also great. That means now you have that exposure as an entrepreneur where in an organization right now, uh, companies that, that, that they are going through digital transformations are looking for 
intrapreneurs. That means employees mm. that creates new product inside the, the, the organization. So that is also important. I mean, if you cannot become an entrepreneur, you become an entrepreneur because either way, you are forced to, to learn. Right? You are forced to, to, to pick up new skills, uh, especially critical thinking uh, or, or also I say design thinking. So those are, according to uh, World Economic Forum, uh, design thinking is that the one top top three skills that is required for the future of work in your yeah. uh, generation without yeah. without that that uh, if you if you purely want a, a tech job and get the technical skills you could easily get replaced by an AI in the next five years unfortunately <laughs> yeah. yeah so so you need to have that while you are technically proficient, you have to have that maybe business angle, business acumen, uh, creative thinking. Uh, uh, because we don't know uh, once everything is automated, what mm. jobs are left for humans. Can mm. so so uh, creativity, arts could be uh, content creators could be those jobs in the future. Maybe I see it right now with TikTok mm. influencers, Insta, Insta, uh, Insta, Insta, yeah. uh, KOLs influencers. We are already seeing it. We don't know what the future lies, but uh, as as uh, as uh, advice to young is to the the internet is there. Okay? Uh, try not to spend every all your time in one site. You know, explore as many sites as possible. Uh, spend thirty days on new things. Every thirty days, try something new. That that, that is a that's a simple advice. Right? Every thirty days, you try something new. You try mm. something challenging, like a, you know, like a digital age or bucket list lah. Right. Instead of doing physical yes. activities outside, you 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 do stuff on the internet for two days, and then you move on to the next one and see what sticks, what skill sets you have, and maybe one of those becomes your your primary income. You never know again. Yeah. You be, you, may, you, may, you might be the next Joe Rogan. You sell your podcast for hundred million. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have the charisma, but thanks. Great, great, Khalil. Thank you so much for your time. My best wishes for Mesolitica and for you and family as well. Khalil, thank you so much. Uh, Ashraf, thank you so much for, for preparing this uh, conversation. I, mean, I was very uh, honored for, for, for when you invited me. And yeah. you know, I'm always happy to share my unconventional learning. <laughs> yep. And um, thank you. Thank you let's, again. Let's share this uh, conversation around, yeah? Sure, we'll do. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.